Welcome to Infinity Circuit Radio, the final preview show. Um, here we go, dun, guys. Dun, dun. You always see some sort of music with that. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll put some dramatic music in there. Uh, <laughs> but wow, it's I think it's only been like two weeks since we released an episode, and holy smokes, so much has been unveiled. And the two of us just continue to talk about the Codex, finding more and more and more and more to it. And, uh, you know, the hype is at an all-time high, and we're just here to get into it today with you guys. Um, Boy, are we excited for this one. I can't wait. This is probably the most excited I've ever been uh, about anything in Warhammer. This Codex is just going to be phenomenal. Uh, anybody familiar with my old show? I was not excited about the Drukari Codex. <laughs> I could not be more excited about this one. I feel like it's spot on. And part of the fun of this, too, has been finally getting to see the models. Because, like we've said before, we don't get to see them. And now that GW is showing off everything, I'm I'm hyped all over again. Yeah, it's, it's a strange cycle, isn't it? Because you, you have the hype of when you're working on it, and then uh, it goes away for a while, and then the, the build-up to it as well. I mean, we've been, like we said before, we've been chatting like quite a bit uh, over the past little while of getting hyped for this, uh, this release, and it finally looks like it's going to be almost here now. Yeah, absolutely. And feels like it's right around the corner, but we shall see. Um, but before we get into everything that's coming out, uh, let's go over a little bit of hobby. So um, I finished up my first unit of five Banshees, and I just put together uh, the First Lady of the Craft Worlds herself, Jane Czar. Oh, and, boy. Oh, my God. Those Howling Banshee models, I don't even know what anybody was talking about when they were complaining about those models. They are so cool. I mean... Just the poses, even like the jump for joy pose, which I sometimes uh, I've made fun of in the past. Like there's a couple of Harlequins (laughs) that are doing the jump for joy pose. They still (laughs) they still look really good. Um, Yeah, they're they're beautiful models. I'm looking. They're on my painting block at the minute, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing them as well. They look they look stunning. Oh my god! And I am so excited from just a, a gaming point of view with them as well. Um, Pardon the sirens. I don't know what's going on in this. Uh, I'm, I don't know what's going on in this neck of the woods the, right now. The, the game's workshop sent the lore after you. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. Too many leaks. But um, so I finished up my first five banshees, and you know I have not finished a unit of aspect warriors of actual GW sculpted aspect warriors because I always do my own kit bashes since Dire Avengers in fifth edition. So. It's, a, it's going back. It's I going mean, back some years, that isn't it? Quickie. Yeah, I mean, what is that? Like, ten, fifteen years ago, something yeah. like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Let's not go back that far. <laughs> yeah, insanity. And I did. I put together Jane Czar, and man, she went together so quick. And they're just beautiful models. Uh, Jane Czar. I remember Brian saying it might be like his favorite model. And just looking at her, she is gorgeous. I mean, she is big, impressive, so dynamic. I mean, my God. I, this is this is like a real true like Age of Sigmar tier sculpt. It really is. In fact, yeah, I, was, I was having a conversation with my buddy Dale earlier, actually, about, you know, how, uh, uh, how Age of Sigmar models are just... I think it's just so much more beautiful in the whole. They're very dynamic, and this one really captures that uh, Age of Sigmar sort of uh, style of mold making here because it's just phenomenal, isn't it? Because it's huge and imposing, but really well balanced at the same time. I love it. Yeah, I mean, you see her coming from a mile away, but she's so slender and dynamic and floaty and just a perfect model. I, I really couldn't ask for more. She just looks phenomenal. I'm so pumped to uh, put them into games and you know out in the wild. Finally, get out of playtesting and just start dropping these girls on the board. So, haven't done much else other than that, but it feels like a lot. You know, anytime you assemble a Phoenix Lord, you know it's go time. So, really excited. 
yeah it's uh, yeah, I can't wait to do that one as well. It's just such a stunning model. I was just looking at uh, mine at the moment, just looking at the ribbons. It's almost yeah. like when you see like the, the gymnast, the Olympics, like with the ribbons going everywhere and stuff, and it's it's just got that that feel, hasn't it, with it as well. It adds a lot. I'm actually excited about painting those ribbons. I think I'm going to put some of the transfers. I just got like a new transfer set because I bought some more Windriders. And oh, nice. um, I love, I love those 2013 uh transfers for anybody who doesn't know that this is a hobby tip if you're looking at Eldar transfers the ones you want are from 2013 or the eldritch omens ones which wes i know you have gotten your hands on and there's some new transfers on there am i correct have you looked at the transfers yet uh yeah i have and uh, yeah there are a few more on there uh they've got like aspect runes on there as well which is quite cool uh in fact uh, there's a lot of the old ones are on there. Uh, they've reformatted it quite a bit. Um, I'm trying to see what uh, what they've actually added. I couldn't see the other day. One thing for me though, as uh, we'll touch on a minute, I've, I've decided to do Ibrisil uh, Craft World, and the Ibrisil Craft World signs are not on the new one. Which is, really? Uh, no. So they've uh, they've streamlined it down to the big four. So you've got Laytok, Biltan, uh, Yandan, Samhan, Ulthwe. Which is actually five for those people counting. <laughs> yes, they've got, it, they've got it down to the big five. I'll uh, I'll send you all of mine, man, because I have collected these transfer sheets, these 2013 ones since time immemorial. I'll send them to you. Oh man, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, but dude, you've been in hobby overdrive. Yeah, I've I've been uh, been quite lucky to uh, to get a mass copy of the. Eldritch Omens, I've been working on those. If you are uh, or follow us on Twitter or on our uh, Facebook page, you'll be able to see some of the pictures I've been working on there. So, yeah, so really excited by that. After a long time of thinking, I uh, decided to go Ibrisil because I just love the colour. And actually, it's got some cool bit of lore there, and it gives me the flexibility to kind of like build my own venture for my own craft build, which is which is really nice. Um, so, yeah, so I've, I did the uh, Autark, which is a beautiful model. It goes together really, really well. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Uh, the Shadows Shroud, I could get right now into Shroud Runners. They're yeah. beautiful kits. Yeah, oh, really, man. really nice. Yeah. So I, I wasn't necessarily too keen on the way the the uh, the forward wings on it like sit in the center of the model. Mm-hmm. But now I've seen it, it just gives it like really nice balance to the model. I, I, I almost think I prefer this style of jet bike to the um, the Wind Riders, actually. Yeah, and that's saying that's something. Right. Those wind, rider, wind Riders are gorgeous. Yeah. So no, I'm conflicted. It's got like a smaller smaller nose to it as well it's like a stubbier version it's yeah it's, it's really quite cool and then the uh the rangers oh boy so i thought they were gonna be like single pose type models because that's the way the games work yeah. so i was a little bit worried that I don't, i'm a bit obsessed about actually having different models in my army uh but these ones there's enough variation in it that you can make quite a few different uh uh units without the guys actually looking the same which is uh which I'm really keen on, actually. So I am definitely going to get another one or possibly two units of those uh, those rangers to go in the army because they are they're, they're beautiful. They've, they've just got the proportion so right. Everything's a little bit bigger now, so things have got it from a 25 mil base to a 28 millimeter base. But uh, they just look they just look right. They look amazing, and rangers are rangers have always been my favorite of all the Eldar troops. I've always loved the guardians. This is, this is like the lamest story of all time, but when in third edition, when like the new Guardians were coming out, like while I was waiting, you know, I was like in junior high or something. Like I had like a, I had like the advertisement that came in like the painting. Like if you bought like a box of paints, you got like a little preview of what the Guardians looked like, and I and I put that in my wallet and I'd just take it out and look at it <laughs> while I was in school, just like so hyped. But uh, the Rangers look amazing. Um, and your paint scheme for them look really, really good. That I mean, what did you use? Like a Bulgrin or Ogrin green or something like that for their cloaks? The the green, blue, and gray just looked fantastic, dude. Oh, so, so no, it's actually like, uh, it wasn't green. I think it might be just the way it looks. Uh, I actually used, uh, it's like a brownish color. Uh, so i think the exact ones i've used now because i use quite a few different things uh carrick stone and zandra dust oh okay yeah i'm not quite sure what looked blue to you yeah i went to <laughs> i went to make i went to send you a message actually uh to say it wasn't actually green but uh yeah it's, 
I don't know how I've gotten this far as a commission painter. Like, because I have, <laughs> I, my brother's like, dude, this is not gray. This is green. This isn't brown. This is gray. I don't know. I, I must be like slightly colorblind, but regardless, I, I thought it looked so cool. And we were talking about this earlier on the phone, but uh, just the way that you've painted them, it feels really distinct from what I've seen from other Ibrazil players where the blue is sort of, super dominant i think uh, just something about the way that you did it it's like they feel more gray than blue like it, it's hard to tell which one is the accent color it's just really well balanced so yeah because i i used uh gray sear as well from the white so the white isn't actually white it's gray sear yeah uh, and then use the uh, apothecary uh contrast paint like really highly um diluted down with the contrast medium and then put that in the shadows and then just did the tiniest touches of like white highlights around the edges yeah uh it's super easy super quick and it's uh it's turned out really quite effective so i'm really happy with that so that's a big time saver and i did um 15 uh wraith units as well so wraith Jesus. blades wraith axes and <laughs> uh wraith guard so but they were really easy it's just contrast paints so just again did the gracier apothecary white uh some of the temple black for the guns and the swords so i've decided to go actually for um like obsidian looking swords uh for my for my army as a whole i think just add something a little bit different yeah and it's easier than painting uh anything else really but I mean, it looks cool yeah. and and i just use the um thousand suns uh as the base color for my blue actually so yeah i really like that color i've been wanting to use it for a long time uh so yeah so i got around to using that looks super cool dude really ethereal um feels super eldar actually really reminds me of the cover of the new codex and man that has got to be the best cover of an eldar codex since the second edition one right stunning because the the new ninth edition of codexes have they've been nice uh but none of them have really stood out to me so far and i know lots of people are hyped about like the Chikari one but this one for me is just by far and away like the most stunning bit of artwork i've seen for eldari in quite a long time yeah i think the gsc one and this one are definitely my favorites that gsc one that that that's one for the record books like oh yeah that, should, yay. It, that should be dark. up at warhammer world or something yeah yeah it really should be that that is i forgot about that one that is a stunning bit of work that one I have to look in to see who did that. It almost reminds me of uh, Adrian Smith, who is my favorite Warhammer illustrator of all time. But, um, yeah. So, yeah, it was interesting. That's It didn't occur to me till just now, but that's exactly what uh, the way that you painted your Ibrisol. That's like what it evokes for me. And it's definitely the quintessence of sort of the eldritch, uh, ethereal look of the craft worlds and... Man, it's just so great. There's so much new stuff coming out. And I sort of, obviously, we knew that all this new stuff was coming out. But when you actually start seeing the models and then you factor in, I mean, the you know, you guys don't know yet, but like the Codex is so good. It just feels like a totally new era, you know, for Eldari. Yeah, it's been a long way for hasn't it? I think it's going to be worth the wait. Um, and with the bits that you've seen now with like Harlequins being brought into it and stuff, I think it really is very much an ode to my favorite codex, which is the second edition one. So, yeah, uh, to have got to, to, to work on this is, is really, really exciting. Yeah. This feels like, you know, the culmination of so, so much, um, definitely my proudest moment as a play tester. And I hope everybody's excited as we are. Um, but so why don't we start talking about some of the previews? Because uh, you know, so many have come out since we've recorded. Um, but man, the new Avatar. Holy Jesus. I did not expect to be so blown away by how awesome this model is. Those head options. Right? This head options and weapon options. How cool is that? Yeah. I, I, like, I have to admit, my brother's like, just magnetized them. I don't know. If it messes with the model at all, I'm buying multiple just for the hell of it. <laughs> Even the yeah. bear head, which is so weird looking, looks so amazing. Yeah, so there's three head combinations, three weapon combinations. 
So that's nine different combinations you can make there. So you need nine avatars of Kane. You know what? They invented Apocalypse Games for a reason, man. (laughs) (laughs) You can do it. I believe in you. I believe in you too, brother. So what do you think about the new Avatar? I'm beyond hyped. I didn't know that they were going to do the multiple weapon and head options. I, I think it's absolutely stunning. I think it's one of the best models they've ever released for Eldar. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Like, I, I've been trying to rack my brain around which ones I'm going to do. Uh, I think the classic head just wins out a little bit for me. Yeah. I, I, I think I just don't think I could get that. It's such, just such an iconic silhouette. I don't think I could get away from having that uh, as my go-to. But then when it comes to the weapons then, I'm like, oh, the sword's so cool because I've got the sword on the avatar, but then the spear looks pretty sweet as well. Yeah. And then you've got the axe. So I think I might take a tip for your brother and i might just magnetize those ones yeah maybe i'll i'll see like i'll see what it looks like once i get the model in hand if it's easy enough to do i definitely will i think i actually want to do if you can't magnetize i'll eventually do all three um i i think the one i'll go with is the spartan uh the spartan helmet and either the sword or the spear I want to do something just a little bit different because there's so many kit bashes and my Eldar army just looks a little bit different than your standard craft world because it's all so Corsair themed. So I want to do something, just something different with it, just for just for funsies. Um, but I'll eventually do the classic. I want to do like the Spartan one and then if I can't magnetize the head, I'll get a second one and do the classic. But I thought it would just be cool. Uh, to do something a little bit different, and it looks so rad. The the yeah, but even the um, the hair version, the, the bear head. I tell you what, like once we get into the codex, I God, I want to do an incarn and avatar monster mash list <laughs> at some point, and like the bear head avatar with the incarn would be the sort of epitome of Eldar weirdness. Yeah, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I, I'm really, I'm really drawn towards that that bare head one. It looks so cool. Like I, I would not have expected anything like that at all. I wouldn't expect it to look good. I remember when you told me, like, dude, I saw the bare head, and uh, and I was like, bare head avatar, what the hell? And then you see, you're like, oh my god, this thing looks demonic. So, really, really cool. And yeah, we'll get into the rules later. But man, what a model. Yeah, oh yeah. So what other models are you excited for? Corsairs, dude. I think it's all, all about right. that Corsair box set. I was just like, yeah, right. How how could I possibly want anything more like out of Corsairs? I have I mean, I have like 10,000 points of kit bashed Corsair models. And I saw this box set and I was just like, you have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I mean, you know what it reminds me of? Like the Space Marine Command Squad box set combined with like a basic troop set at the same time. I personally plan on using every single one of those characters. First of all, as actual, like what they represent in the main codex. But those are going to be all my foot characters going forward. Warlocks, Farseers, you know, those will be my Void Dreamers, Corsair Prince slash Autark. I mean, they they look phenomenal. Yeah, they really do. Uh, they really do. Because I was lucky to to get to playtest them for uh, for Kill Team, and they're just such a fun uh, team to play. So, uh, and now I've seen the models as well. I'm like, wow, they they are stunning. Really are stunning. So yeah, kind of like you as well. I was considering, in fact, we were chatting earlier of having um, uh, because I've now got my own build your own adventure craft world of like. I can have Illic Knight Spear. I'm going to use the um, the sniper from uh, for the Corsair set to be my Illic Knight Spear, which I think would be just so cool. Yeah, so rad. That sniper rifle, uh, the sniper is amazing, and I plan on incorporating that one just into my Rangers. I have the limited edition Ranger and all sorts of different stuff. I have so many Rangers, <laughs> and I'm so excited to just incorporate that one in. Then there's like the Pistolier, which looks so rad. And the guy with the falcon, the falchu. I mean, 
God damn, that Eldar term <laughs> felt you. I mean, it's like yeah. all over the codexes. And finally, we actually have a model for it. And I'm yeah. such a huge fan of like beasts and all of that kind of stuff. I have like the lions from the High Elves as um, clawed fiends. I plan on getting the demigriffs from Age of Sigmar as my chimera. And like... You know, it's like a little razor wing, but it's a Falchu. I mean, that I think that would be a perfect, like, Corsair Baron, like a second-in-command Autark. Yeah, it really would. It's, it's so beautiful. But I think my favorite one is the hooded guy with two little knives on his front pouch there and some funny sort of backpack thing going on. <laughs> yeah, probably the raddest warp spider jump generator of all time. <laughs> like, dude, it's so sleek. Yeah, the shade run, it's so beautiful. I love that model. And like getting to see that as well. Um it's just a, a real treat. It's so beautiful. Like it looks very sinister as well. I really like that. I, I like how they've yeah. captured uh all three shades of uh Eldari in that. Because you can see like you can see some of the craft worldy looks, you can see some of the, the Drakari looks, and then you've got the uh the Felark, who's a former Harlequin by the looks of it, with the Neuro pistol and the spiky hairdo. Like crazy. Yeah, the rainbow, the rainbow mohawk. I mean, yeah, they, doesn't get more hot than that. No, it doesn't get more like old school than that. I love seeing. We talked about this last episode. Seeing some of these nods to sort of retro Warhammer, you know, mohawks, rainbow mohawks, corsairs <laughs> being the original Eldar faction. Just there's just so much going on with these models, and they're not too busy either. Like I, yeah. I think I talked to you about this on the phone, but the balance of you know pouches and gear to open spaces for you to actually paint, it looks like they're carrying what they own on them yeah. without being like a Rob Liefeld X Force pouch bonanza. <laughs> <laughs> so they they just look fantastic, and as a kill team. As actual Corsairs, as the data slate appears in the Codex, as counts as Guardians, as counts as Trueborn, as counts as Dire Avengers, I feel like this kit, I mean, and as a foot Eldar command squad, I think this this thing is going to be an absolute home run of a release. Yeah. I, I, I've seen lots of people being really excited to go like, I need like nine boxes of this kill team set. <laughs> yeah. To get what I need. Yeah. And I, yeah. I can completely understand that. Yep. And I was a little bit like, I was going to do it for the sake of the show um, to get into kill team, but I have to play these guys in kill team, especially after talking to you. I'm so hyped. Uh, yeah. Wow. Corsair. Yeah. And it, and a little bit of a nod for, for kill team there. If you really want to get into like, the depths of how a unit plays on the on the battlefield i think kill teams really where you get that that depth of uh, depth of play really and i think uh yeah if you if you have any sort of interesting uh, corsairs pick up that kill team set and then uh yeah give them a go next it's so much fun yeah i i'm just you know thinking down the road even if like kill team were suddenly to vanish and i don't think that's ever going to happen because it's so successful um that'd be like sort of like a battlefleet gothic type game where like this edition as it exists now would probably be like the forever edition where get those models get that game just hold on to it and you know you could have like fun forever with these dudes so yeah you know as a corsair guy i was not expecting to be enticed to buy the models because i have everything um i've kitbashed so much but gotta have them unbelievable yep <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be joining you there too yeah but we also had Morgan Ra revealed um, wow that guy blasting straight not only out of the terror uh, <laughs> but out of the 80s with <laughs> some, <laughs> some proper guitar music going on behind him oh yeah like ride the lightning from Metallica yeah. <laughs> you know here comes Morgan Ra absolutely <laughs> the lightning coming down as well yeah um yeah so good that sculpt looks so the legs are a little bit like what the hell is going on there but overall (laughs) just really really impressive again sort of evokes that sort of age of sigmar where um really nice reimagining of the model overall the the cloaks the grim reaper aesthetic a little bit over the top but 
it's Warhammer. I sort of appreciate that. <laughs> I don't mind them going over the top and just sort of hitting it right on the nose. I, yeah. I'm good with it. And the flow of the cape and everything as well. It's just, yeah, it's just so freaking cool. Yeah. It's so cool. His backpack is absolutely grisly. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact he's doing Jean-Claude Van Damme style splits as well uh, is pretty phenomenal. <laughs> you know, it's like, like, why the hell not? This is Warhammer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy is a beast. And it, for a stationary model, there's a lot of movement in that model. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, just really ima- impressed. Just imagining, I mean, you could probably do this better than anybody I know, but putting some uh, Death Jesters surrounding that guy. Dark Reapers, Death Jesters. You could go for a really grim, like, death yeah. aesthetic Eldar army. Really, really cool. And for people who do sort of more grim, dark Yanari, I feel like that would look really cool, too. Yeah, I think they're nailed on the head with that guy. Yeah, absolutely such a beautiful model but sort of on the opposite end is the shining spears and again sort of like the corsair thing i spent so much money i love my shining spears every i don't say this to brag but everybody loves my shining spears (laughs) i saw these new shining spears i'm like well i really prefer these ones (laughs) (laughs) they look amazing the helmets look sick the lances look sick. The bike looks sick. The shuriken cannon looks sick. I mean, they look fantastic. And yeah, they really do. They're you know I'm really excited for in the new uh, in the new edition for the new Codex and gotta have them. They look great. Yeah. So despite being a massive jet bike guy, and I was probably upset you. I've, I've never been overly keen on uh, shining spears. Really? But the, when I saw these models, I was like, wow, they are just... I think it's because the old models, I, th- I find them a bit clunky because they had yeah. like, the, the metal parts that used to go onto and stuff, and they always used to break off, and so it's pretty well frustrated with them. But yeah, they, these models are stunning. And uh, the way they've got like the, the helmets as well, like rounded helmets, but still having the little um, mohawky thing coming up at the back as well, I just think that's really cool. That was the thing that I wasn't sure what they were going to do with in terms of the helmets. And the Mohawk thing is like what sold it for me. That's sort of how I did. That's why I was so attracted to the Ideneth Deepkin models uh, using their helmets for my Shining Spear helmets. Because that sort of Spartan crest just looks so awesome. And I'm really thrilled that they didn't go with the third edition sculpt and they did something like that more of like a tire avenger look but yeah shining spears look amazing yeah they've got little uh, rests on there as well for their uh, for their lances on the on the sides of the, the bikes and stuff as well just they look so badass they really do yeah they look amazing and i'm just as excited for shining spears as i was in eighth edition as i and as i am in ninth edition so but i think probably at least in like my top three of all the models that have come out is the warlocks and again this is another kit i was like yeah whatever warlocks like how awesome are they going to be but they went super retro on these they actually did um the mohawk warlock which is that thing went out of production like in second edition or something like that it didn't even make it over into third yeah yeah you're right that's uh that is quite the nod and they, they they look again the static models but again they look very there's a lot of movement in there as well you like the um the plume of the hair coming over and blowing over the top of it and the the robes blowing away and stuff it's like yeah and it's it's, it's almost like the site you're doing something like force psychic power and just like the air is flowing over the top of him as he's doing it it just looks so cool yeah some destructor action yeah yeah absolutely so yeah the warlocks look amazing and this is one of the times where the rule of cool like these models are so awesome i want to make lists just to feature these new models because they look that good and i think it's been a long 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 time since you've really said that as a craft world player i mean obviously you have like wind riders and wraith lords and most recently i guess besides these things is the the howling banshees but even the Howling Banshees, they didn't, you know, I was not excited about them until now. But so many awesome units, and they look phenomenal. They really, really blew me away. I was not over the moon when the 
previews started, but by the end, I'm like, wow, this has been the ultimate facelift. And for a faction that I feel like should be one of the absolute headlines in terms of GW's portfolio, you know, artistically. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, this entire range has been a grower, not a shower on me. Cause, um, initially when you see all the stuff, it's like, Oh, it's just, it's just dark reapers or it's just warlocks and stuff. And they look very similar, but it's not until you see those details, right? Like the motion on the, on models, despite being very stationary and, uh, just the little details the nod backs to, to previous things from early editions and stuff and the way they've done it and brought it up to like a, a modern feel as well and like they've just done like a really great job with these things yeah couldn't be more excited and it'll be nice to start slowly collecting some of these things as i go and sort of incorporating them into into my own collection and man can't get too into it but this codex i feel like is going to be one where you want to spend a lot of time with different options and you know foot characters and all that stuff can never imagine myself being drawn to them but i definitely am so a lot to get excited about just hobby wise going forward absolutely man i I cannot wait to do more i cannot wait yeah um yeah, I, th- I think it's that Autark, the, not the Autark, sorry, the, the Avatar. That's the one I really want to clear my decks for and uh, spend a, some good quality time painting that one up. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun uh, model to put together. I am beyond stoked for putting him in the center of my Wraith host. You know, the, I mean, we'll get into his rules later on, but man, I mean, actually, to hell with it. Let's get into his rules right now. We'll, <laughs> we'll circle around to Battle Focus later, but yeah. Like they've also been previewing rules uh, as well, highlighting. I feel like for one of the rare times, like, say what you will about the Warhammer community, they've done a good job in showing off some of the spicier elements of the Craft World Codex. Things that actually get you hyped. And man, yep. if this avatar, if the new avatar of Kane does not get you hyped, I don't know what the hell is wrong with you. <laughs> so they showed off his basic stat line: movement ten. That is, this guy is moving. Um, yep. Weapon skill, ballistic skill, 2 plus, strength 7, toughness 8, so he's tough as a Wraith Lord now. 14 yeah. wounds, so he's not the character, but I mean, you've seen how huge this model is. And 7 attacks, leadership 10, 2 plus armor, which is a big, big deal. Yeah, so with the jump there of um, 6 extra wounds and that extra uh, armor save, that's a big deal. Yeah, and as they showed off as well, four plus invulnerable save, half damage. Yeah. <laughs> so when you factor in that he's got the two plus armor, which is a huge deterrent against just volume of wounds. Uh, yeah. So he's not, you know, rust stalkers, all that kind of stuff. They might take some wounds off of him, but he is saving the majority of those wounds. He finally has a four plus invulnerable save. He has not had a four plus invulnerable save since fifth edition and you know that's 15 years half damage means he's just shrugging off las cannons lances all manner of stuff this guy is tough yep and then when he gets into combat in fact even before he gets into combat he's got a 12 inch range assault one strength 12 ap minus four d6 plus two damage yeah, weapon um, a beam on top of it yeah yeah <laughs> so for people who are really cagey with model placement deployment i'm thinking reserves which is the way i like running the avatar is out of reserves you can line up some really tasty shots and basically it's almost like a war hunter you know with that that 12 inch range yeah <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty spicy. Because yeah, when you look at it, just assault one, yeah, whatever. But then when you realize that actually that is a, a lance weapon, that's a big deal. Yeah, he's either priming the destruction of multiple vehicles. I'm thinking like a, a line of tanks, like a guard uh, battle line in the backfield of Lehman Russes, you know, Redemptors. Just, I mean, use your imagination. There is tons of choice targets especially in this era of bubble hammer where everybody's trying to line up their auras 
and here comes the avatar just putting down crazy ass like you know multi melta style damage just in these 12 inch lines so i think there's a ton of potential there yep that is that is the beast and then when he gets into combat oh boy so he's got the, the waiting doom in melee then so it's got a piercing strike which is times two strength minus five ap and then damage d6 plus two or the sweeping blows which is user strength so that's going to be what strength seven and then uh strength seven minus two and flat two damage and then each of its attack uh characteristics you get to get two attacks rather than one which is pretty cool so it's yeah. 14 attacks I mean, this guy is just a monster just an absolute beast on the battlefield and it has been he is he's i don't think he's ever really been this good second edition he was pretty ferocious i think he had something like 10 attacks or something like that and it's been ages since he's been this good the avatar is amazing and obviously you guys are gonna have to wait to get the points but i think for sort of wraith host eldar monster mash builds you know how we sort of talked about that in the last edition or the last episode for me he's an auto include because he is just a huge damage output source and you know wraithos are a little bit more grindy they have like quality of attacks but this guy sort of takes all of that it really pushes it over the top yeah certainly and then, and then you have that that, that piercing strike you know, going toe to toe with bigger, bigger models too. So you, you can imagine that monster smash off in the middle of the table, would be, uh, would be pretty cool with this guy. Yeah, I'm thinking hive tyrants, mm -hmm. thinking night titans, all manner of stuff. Primarchs. That uh, list formerly known as Thick City. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Thick City. Well, we'll we'll eventually talk about all the uh, Drukari stuff. But yeah, I mean, this guy is just walking through monsters. He is the monster that eats other monsters. So they nailed it. Yeah, let's smash that one out of the park. Love it. Um, so, I mean, the Avatar absolutely epitomizes just sort of the whole Eldar package. And another aspect of Eldar that, man... This is classic. I mean, it only existed for one edition, but I'm so <laughs> glad that it's back. Battle Focus. Yes. Because I remember the first time I read Battle Focus, and I was like, yes, that is what Eldari do, or Eldar back in the day. Uh, that That is the one rule that really touches on how this army plays, and I'm so excited to see it back. Yeah. So just going over it briefly... The unit is able to shoot in a turn which it advanced, but if it did so until the end of that phase, it can only make attacks with assault or pistol weapons they are equipped with. So, and it's treated as remaining stationary, so it's old 8th edition battle focus. And on top of that, in your shooting phase, after this unit has finished making its attacks, unless it fell back or advanced, this unit can make a battle focus move. When it does so, roll a d6. Each model in this unit can make a normal move up to a distance and inches equal to that result as if it was your movement phase can't embark um not eligible to make it uh a charge and this is sort of important can't do it if you are uh, arrived as reinforcements so i think there's a huge deal all of the limitations on battle focus actually have not been revealed so wait till you get the whole picture because i know people are like oh my god move shoot move and for people who came on in eighth edition they don't you know they didn't experience what it was like um i it's just this is all i can say it's been reined in a lot more than it exists how it existed in seventh edition yeah i i I think that summarized up pretty well, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it, it, it is a lot of fun, and uh, it, it's so Eldari. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing this one. Uh, well, seeing people play with it and really enjoy it again, it'd be great. Yeah, I, what I really enjoyed the most about it back in the day was using it for these sort of like daring hit and run style raids, like deep into 
sort of enemy territory and you could really pull off like these gamble moves with them and pull off some pretty spectacular offensive blitzes with them, especially obviously in shooting. But I think it really encapsulates what Eldar are like to face on the battlefield where they're moving and reacting faster than the other factions in the game. And I think it's totally fitting that they have a game mechanic like this. And people are like, oh, I mean, it's like they have two movement phases or whatever. If you have like any kind of, it just forces your opponents that they have to try and incorporate more speed into their take all comers lists. So if you're not a Craft World Eldar player, don't be overly freaked out by this because I remember people who would just take stupid stuff like Space Marine bikers and then all of a sudden battle focus was not a huge deal because they're zipping around the battlefield too and they can get around angles on terrain and put shots on your super fragile expensive guys and um there you go there's the solution but yeah you know it's it's, it's one d6 roll isn't it so you know it's that's not a huge amount of movement it can make a, a a bit of a difference on the on the tabletop uh some of the time but if you've got maneuver units you can potentially outmaneuver that quite easily so yeah it's not a, it's not a big big deal but yeah. it really brings home the, the initiative that uh the eldar have as they're running around the battlefield sprinting about shooting things as they as they float along on their tiny little feet yeah <laughs> yeah in, in my experience in play testing this really vaunts them to the sort of heights of the maneuvering factions they are in my opinion the most maneuverable and high speed army in the game now faster than faster than Drukhar even with power from pain just because the entire army has moved through well not the entire army but um, just across such a vast swathe of the army it gives you just such amazing maneuvering abilities it really makes them tricksy too so super excited about battle focus and i'm really 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 glad it's back i would have been really disappointed if it didn't come back because battle focus as it stands right now is just not up to snuff yep i uh, i agree it, 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 this works really well uh do you want to move on to strands of faith because that's the other azurani uh special rules that's coming through yeah yeah so strands of faith this is something that I didn't expect going into playtesting, and it really surprised me. It's it's pretty powerful. Um, so based on the point size or you know points of power level, if you're doing onslaught, strike force, incursion, you get a certain amount of dice. So if you're a typical two thousand point game, you're gonna have four dice. You you roll those dice, and each number correlates with either advanced charge psychic hit rolls wound rolls or saving throws and you have to roll doubles and however many of those you get you can treat you can sort of use those as a resource to burn to turn dice rolls into automatic sixes it's really really strong um so you know as an eldar player you always have to have like a view towards because you you're coordinating sort of ensemble of specialists what's the most important move right now and (laughs) you will have resources to burn to make sure that you execute that move that being said it is variable if you don't get the dice rolls you want you don't have that sort of guarantee but you'll you know it's 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 all gravy really so and it changes turn by turn which is kind of nice too it's nice for your opponent and that you don't if you get a great set of dice rolls it's not going to be there this the whole game where you have all these you know automatic saving throws or automatic wound rolls or something like that so it's a good balance of sort of random but really powerful so you can't completely bank on it but when you've got it it's huge yeah what i really liked of it was it sort of thematic view as well it's like you feel like the Farseer casting the runes of fate on the battle every turn, which is really quite cool. So I think I want to get some really nice, like bone looking dice for this. Uh, for when I roll these, and these will be my most trans of fate dice. 
Yeah, it's very evocative of the Farseer. And even if you don't have like a Farseer in your list, it feels like you have one back on your craft world or your Void Dreamer on your Corsair warship <laughs> yeah. or something like that is sitting there throwing her bones. <laughs> so um, it's really cool. It is powerful. I'll just say in playtesting, I didn't find it to be overwhelming. Um, my opponents didn't really seem to find it very overwhelming. You kind of burn through them pretty quick. And sometimes you just don't really get the dice. So, you know, sometimes you get all these bonuses to stuff that you don't really have. And it's sort of a waste, but it's always there. So it's nice. I, You know, I'm into it. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that one hitting the tabletops and seeing how people uh, react to it, really. And um, hopefully they'll enjoy it as well as if uh, they are the farsiers themselves. Yeah, I found that it sort of lent towards building towards a more take-all-comers-type build to get advantage of those dice as much as possible. So you always have some kind of application for them. But I, like I've, I've said in the past few weeks of doing the show, you know, every unit has a place. And so Strands of Fate should apply no matter what kind of a list you're taking. But um, Yep. How about Harlequins? Why don't you take us through Harlequins because they are your jam. Yeah, so I think the uh, the place I'd like to start is the the traveling players. I know some people have been really excited about this, and some people have been a little bit upset, saying you know, oh, Harlequins being uh, sidelined. I think this is probably one of the best rules that they is in this entire codex. A little bit um, biased, I guess, because I'm a Harlequin player, but it allows you to take a Harlequin patrol detachment in uh, Azurani or Drakari army without it affecting the fact that it isn't Azurani or Drakari army. So you still get your power from pain, you still get your um, your strands of fate and stuff, so it's as if they were a component part of the army itself. And it's just really nice, because I think the thing I've experienced was, with Harlequins is that uh, I think it's a tough army for people to get into, because it's quite a fragile and a high-skill-level army to play. But if you're just taking small elements of it, it allows you to feed that in and get a feel for them and then build your army up from then. And then from the hobby perspective as well, uh, they're quite a challenge, I think, for some people to get their head around. Yeah. So, again, it just allows people to have their, is there one maybe troop unit and a troop master and stuff that they can have in their army and just adds a real nice bit of flavor in there as well. Yeah, I was excited about it. I know that it could be like, oh, my God, like, are they are they you know, the loss of a single parent codex for them is definitely a big deal. And if I was just sort of a pure Harlequin player, I'd be very alarmed by that. But I love I love this change for Harlequins. I feel like it allows you to ease into them as a faction. I still love them as a standalone faction. You know, obviously, when we do the codex review, we'll go all, you know, all the way with them and get into that. But it's a huge buff to uh Azariani and for Drukari being able to pull in a patrol of them for free uh and not disrupt your you know, not disrupt your army wide special rules. So love it. Yeah, because they have some really sort of key units can add uh some really specific things to your army as well. So um they can bring something to both Drukari and uh the main other uh Azurani units. So yeah, it's, it's it's only a plus for me. And for me, on the bigger side of things, it I hope that just we'll see more Harlequin players out there because there's not too many. The Harlequin book is a really nice book, but I think yeah, if people start putting a unit or two into their to Azurani or Drakari armies, then I hope they get a feel for it and start building like pure Harlequin armies out of it. I hope so too. Um, I like I liked when Harlequins were just a single unit entry in both the craft world and Drukari books, like they were in fifth and briefly sixth edition. I thought that that really worked. I love them as a standalone army as soon as that was introduced. And I feel like this is a more manageable way of getting into them because the cool thing is, is you can just buy a single box of Harlequins and a Star Weaver and you have a patrol. Yep. And it adds a ton. We're talking about... Um, Actually, I can't remember what rules they previewed, so I shouldn't say too much. But it adds a ton. It adds a ton, and adds a lot of flavor. All of a sudden, just this like, inclusion of a unit of Harlequins really adds a new level of dynamism 
tier collection, just from like a visual standpoint and game mechanics. And they're the wild card, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> yeah, they really are. So, yes. really cool. Yeah, so, yeah, I think aesthetically, like you were just saying there, actually, I, I think just you know, adding them into a Drakari army, which is normally quite dark, and then having this touch of color, but then still being quite sinister at the same time, it will just be uh, really, really nice. Yeah, that's... I feel like they've done something to incorporate a bit of that. You know, same thing with like sort of Corsairs as well. You could do something that looks totally different. You know, say you have, say you have an Alatok army, then all of a sudden you have some Eldritch Raiders, uh, Corsairs in blue and yellow. Just looks really neat, you know? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Should we have a chat about their weapons? Yeah, because, I, I mean, you are more in touch with how people reacted to this throughout the community. So I personally was thrilled about it. But what did you think? Yeah, so I, I, I don't think we can go into all of it. But the stuff that we've been previewed is um, the actual uh, Harkins Kiss Crest and Embrace uh, profile. And then the three stratagems that uh, go with those. So, um, yeah, so have a look at the the actual base thing of this. It's quite a departure, but it's something quite different. So the, the Harlequins, Kiss, Crest, and Brace all have the same profile. Although the um, the strength of the weapon is um, plus one, the AP is minus two, and it's a flat two damage. Which, just that as a, as a baseline stat, is really nice, actually. I think that's almost it's almost the sweet spot, because effectively it's strength four minus two, flat two damage. Uh, and lots of people in the current codex like to run the Skyweaver jet bikes because um, of the Zephyrglaives. And if you look at the profile of Zephyrglaive, that is exactly what the profile of Zephyrglaive is. So uh, that is a really, really nice profile for, for us to have uh, as Harlequin players. And then uh, there's a stratagem there that tells you uh, the dead embrace. So if you've got, uh, use the stratagem after Harlequin's embrace unit from your army makes a charge move or performs a heroic intervention, select one unit, excluding vehicles or monster units within engagement range of that unit and roll 1d6 for each Harlequin's Embrace unit. So each model in that Harlequin's Embrace unit. Uh, for each 4+, plus, the enemy suffers one mortal wound to a maximum of six mortal wounds. Like, that's really good. That's I mean, really good. It is so good, especially if you use Harlequins in an assassination role too, like ganging up on characters and whatnot. Really nice. Yeah, because it's it's uh, using it pretty much after the charge there, which is really really sweet. So up to six mortal wounds on a four plus. Yeah, I'll take that. That's uh, that's that's really good. Uh, and then the other one we've got is the the kiss of death. So use this stratagem in the fight phase when a Harlequin's kiss unit is selected to fight. Until that fight is resolved, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, uh, and a modified roll of a six inflicts one mortal wound. And the t uh, on the target, in addition to any normal damage, a unit can only suffer a max of six mortal wounds, uh, mortal wounds per phase due to this stratagem. Uh, the unit cannot be selected for the stratagem, and the Oblivion's Kiss stratagem in the same phase. So uh, that's again, it's really nice when you you throwing how many attacks that a Harlequin has at a unit. You're going to get some sixes then, so that's a boatload more of uh, of uh, mortal wounds that you're going to they're going to take as well, which I just think is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I think it's great. I don't think it's quite as good as the other one, but I mean, you know, I'll, I'll take it all day. I think it's really great. I'm not, I'm glad to see um, just the Harlequin kisses getting an AP buff because that always kind of sucked. I always felt like their kisses were sort of the weakest option in terms of well maybe not the weakest option but they weren't as sexy as i thought they should have been and the kiss is the definitive piece of harlequin war gear and they've got good strat really good strat and a solid profile now so i'm into it yeah and i think once people start uh, playing with them and getting a feel for it as well um i, I think they'll be pretty happy with those uh, the thing I really like about it is that just as that base stat, that plus one, minus two, uh, flat two damage is just really, really solid. Oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, against Death Guard, whatever, there's a lot of minus two damage out there. But, I mean, there's also a lot of just regular Space Marines out there, too. So. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, 
I, I think people will be really happy with those on the whole. Um, but uh, yeah, and I think it's with the whole of this codex really. It's it's waiting to to see what the book has uh, as a whole, and uh, then I think people will really really be excited. Yeah, and one final bit though about the Harlequins is the Void Weaver. They showed that off, and I think the Void Weaver is super solid. So range twenty four, heavy two d three. Strength 4, minus 3, flat 3 damage. Um, against vehicle units, unmodified roll of 4 plus is always successful. And an unmodified wound roll of 6 inflicts D3 wounds on the target in addition to any normal damage. I'll be honest, in playtest, I have found the Void Weaver to basically be it's almost as good as the Hornet. Um, and that's with the modern Codex upgrade i think the void weavers are super solid and the haywire cannon is great yeah because uh i think some people have been upset about this uh but actually i think this is a really nice change that's a lot of potential damage you can get off with uh, with this weapon yeah. so you're getting a minimum of two attacks possibly six and then um each one's going to do three damage plus like i say the potential of doing d3 mortal wounds on top of it as well so the variance on that is, is is pretty good actually yeah i feel like uh just the the buffs outweigh the changes to like mortal wounds and all that kind of stuff and minus three ap is really really sweet so i feel like the damage output is absolutely there and it's great um it's great it's funny because they haven't i don't want to say they've been downgraded their sort of solo codex has been taken away but i almost feel like I almost feel like they're more defined as a faction now, especially with stuff like the Void Weaver, sort of the missing piece. Everything else was really, really good. And now like the Void Weaver, the sort of left behind a little bit, is right where it should be. I, I love the Void the Void Weaver now. Yeah, that, it, it is really cool. And uh, I'm excited to, to run those in, in my list again because, uh, yeah, they, they were always left a little bit behind with the, uh, the Sky Weavers before, but that... Uh, that is quite a tasty profile there isn't it yeah and I, you've been painted i think you painted some a few months ago right uh so i've had these painted for a while actually so um right. I've, I've always had three so I've, I've had uh three of everything essentially so uh yeah yeah really looking forward to, to getting those back out again so i have been doing some extra clicks because uh, I, I thought we might have missed something so i've just gone back to the community post there's one other stratagem they talk about there as well oh which good. is the which is the Oblivion's Kiss, uh, sorry, Oblivion's Caress. Uh, and this one relates to the uh, the Caress uh, weapons. So use a stratagem in the fight phase when a Harlequin's Caress unit is selected to fight until that last fight is resolved. Each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack, invulnerable save throws cannot be made against that attack. A unit cannot select the stratagem if they've used the Harlequin, sorry, the Kiss of Death stratagem in the same phase. Yeah, I think this is the big one right here. And the whole picture is not revealed on how good the stratagem can actually be. But I think this stratagem is huge for Harlequins and actually for Azuryani and Drukari because all of a sudden you have that bypassing and vulnerable saves type unit. And just for like a single patrol with these guys, you slotting that against something like Custodes, I think it's great. Yeah, yeah, this this situationally can be really quite powerful, actually. I think, uh, and and very fluffy as well, because you know you're having these Harlequins caresses just phasing through uh, invulnerable magic stuff that's going on in other units. It's just really quite sweet. Yeah, I mean, I think the description is they reach right through your armor and rip out your heart, and <laughs> yeah. uh, you can actually do that with this stratagem and a few other odds and ends that have not been revealed. So. I love yeah. this stratagem, absolutely. Yeah, it's actually, uh, ironically, really good against Harlequins. <laughs> yeah, it is really good against Harlequins. That's funny, yeah. man. Yeah. So make sure you uh, get your caresses in your units. Yeah, it's actually kind of scary against stuff like Templars with their uh, 5++ vow that they can take. Uh, okay, yeah. So, yeah. really cool. I mean... Yeah. I love all every, like all the stuff that they've showed off have been some of my favorite elements 
from the codex and i'm excited that people are getting excited about this and i know there's a lot of people sort of quaking in their boots about the arrival of the craft world <laughs> or the eldari codex and i mean it's really good and they've showed off some of the really really good stuff but there's a lot more to get into and hopefully we'll be getting into it really soon yeah so hopefully people can see that they've uh well they i said games workshop have really taken time to get into the law and try and represent that on the battlefield more than more than ever before and uh i think this is probably the more representative book of uh sort of the eldar since phil kelly did his book so yeah yeah i'm very excited for this definitely the fluffiest book and the models sort of the the suite of models that they've released are definitely evocative of the lore too like the avatar i mean just the head options and all of that stuff really inspires you know just the concepts of there being different craft worlds the avatar has different aspects hence aspect warriors um, corsairs accessing a whole different area of the lore for them so there's just like a lot to really sink your teeth into from a gaming hobby and lore standpoint with eldar and this feels like obviously i think they've unveiled how many pages i think it's almost 200 pages this yeah. is the deepest eldar book of all time it's uh, thick <laughs> yeah she's thick so yeah man so i i think i just want to talk really briefly about the, the harlequin stuff because as a harlequin player when i uh i've seen a lot of stuff online at the minute and I went through the same emotional roller coaster, I think, as many people yeah. did. You're Harlequin players. That, you know, do I want to lose my own codex? Not really, uh, but actually, I think uh, looking at what we have, um, it, it's an exciting time to be a Harlequins player. And the thing that really sold me on this is that this book is, like I said at the beginning of the show, it's it's a huge nod to the the second edition book. Yeah. But now we have uh, up to date rules, models to go with all the stuff that's in this book, and it's. It really is a, a, a beautiful. Um, it's it's a love letter to to Eldar players and the whole. I think. I think so too. And what I'd say, I, I feel like Harlequins have gained more than they lost. You know, people can make up their minds when the book finally comes out, but you know, that's just my opinion. So, but you know, Harlequins. I have no. I, I was just thinking today. I was coming back from hiking, and after I get through this next unit of Banshees and maybe some more Hornets, I was like, what do I really want to do next? And I was thinking to myself, I really want to work on my Harlequins. I have another Star Weaver, one more player to paint, and then I'll have you know, two squads, both in transports. Now, I want to go get a Solitaire, and I'm, I'm, all, I'm ready to have a really legit, beefy patrol to start incorporating into my builds and... Yeah, I can't. Be, I, I couldn't be more excited. I'm more excited for Harlequins now than I was in Eighth Edition. And Eighth Edition was their sort of crescendo. Yeah, and it's it's, it's really nice, isn't it? Because you can have the Troop Master, you can have the Shadows here, you have Death Jester, uh, and you can have Troop Unit as well. And it's all going to come in within a patrol. You can almost have an entire El um, Harlequin army in a patrol, which yeah. is pretty sweet. Yeah, and it covers a lot of bases, and there's so much depth to them in this codex, and cool because both you know azriani and drukari have access to it and it adds a ton i mean it's such a nice break just from a hobby perspective it engages it requires like a whole different set of skills you know the freehand it's not just you know airbrushing and highlighting and all of that kind of stuff you actually have to get in there and do some nice brushwork on those models so and they're so tactically engaging too so couldn't be more pumped nope me either <laughs> so yeah so do you have any other sort of closing thoughts on, on all of this no it's tantalizingly close to being able to talk fully and openly about this without having to tread a very very tight rope uh of what we can and can't talk about so uh really excited to to let loose about talking about this book and uh, we're already planning that in the background about how uh, and when we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're probably going to just wait for the book to come out before we do our next episode. But who knows? Maybe they'll unveil something else in, in the interim. But, man, so much to talk about. And I feel like this codex is just going to offer us... It, the, the 
the entire breadth of the 8th edition codex's shelf life, I feel like we could spend talking about this new codex. <laughs> yep, yeah, we certainly can. In fact, just randomly, when I think about it, talking about uh, talking, didn't you speak to, to Brent from Craft World Eldar? Yes, 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 yes. So uh, Brent from CraftWorldEldar.com, he has a YouTube channel, a YouTube channel I highly recommend. I really, I really jive with his way of analyzing units and sort of figuring out play style and unit roles and all of that kind of stuff. He has a great mind for Eldar tactical play. He invited me onto his channel to sort of talk about Corsairs, talk about the podcast, talk a little bit about the Codex. And we had a, a really great chat. He's a great guy. He's a guest we definitely plan on having on the show, talking about the Codex like once it drops. Because I want to get somebody who's a little bit further away from the canvas. We've spent so much time with this book. I want a pair of fresh eyes. And he is definitely one of the go-tos. I, I really want to know what he sees when he, when he reads this book. So he's kind enough to have me on his YouTube channel. So go look up craftworldeldar.com. Go to his blog. Go to his YouTube channel. And uh, give that a listen if you're looking for a little bit more Infinity Circuit action. And look forward to having him on the show because he is a really smart player. And I'm really excited to see what he thinks about uh, this codex once it drops. Sweet. So I think that's probably us done for today, isn't it? And uh, yeah. just build the hope for the next one. Yeah. So stay tuned. Uh I'd just say paint up anything you've got in your collection. Uh, it probably <laughs> won't be a bad choice. And uh, stay excited, guys. And we'll be back really, really soon.